What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I am your host, Adam Meredith. Man, I just want to take a second and say thank you. Every single one of you that are listening to the show, that are subscribing to the the videos on YouTube, that like the page, that follow me on Instagram, that like the Facebook page, that have gone to the website and got on the mailing list. Thank all of you guys. Man, I am I'm just the type of person that I just put my nose down to the grindstone and I just I just work. I ignore like the you know you get you get praise and you get uh you know you get wins and milestones and different things and like those make me feel good for like a second and then I my my natural tendency is just go right back to work and and not really appreciate those things but man I just have to take a second and just say thank you all like everybody that's listening it's it's crazy to see the kind of reach we're getting right now, Canada, Australia, the UK, Ireland, you know, India, Sweden, South Africa, Brazil, I mean, Mexico, Honduras, just, man, it's just crazy the kind of reach we're getting and, you know, the amount of people, especially here, you know, obviously most of my listeners are here stateside, you know, I'm here in Missouri, so that's where most of my listeners are, but I mean, not you know, California and Texas and Illinois and Florida, like, man, we've reached every state in in the country. We're just growing and growing. And man, just the support you guys have shown is just unbelievable. And I cannot thank each and every one of you guys. It really means the world to me. I want to take a second to read you guys one of the reviews. While I'm pulling that up, if you haven't yet, can you just do me a solid? And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and, and, and leave a rating and review. It really helps the show out a lot. Um, tell a friend as well, man. That's all I really ask. If you guys could do that, it would it would just mean the world. Uh, pretty recently, we just got one from Jake Snodgrass. Um, it says, Rising Star. It says, I've listened to a few of Adam's podcasts and really liked them. But when I heard his newest podcast with Andy Frisella, I knew he was I knew he was for real. Had nothing to do with his guests, his control of the conversation with Andy and informed input into the topics at hand were at the highest level. Extremely impressed and highly recommend. Dude, that means a lot. Thank you so much for that, Jake. Um, I really appreciate it. Guys, hey, this episode is brought to you guys by my good friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. Go check them out. Go to jumbocbd.com. They have a full line of CBD products. CBD is cannabidiol. It's one of the many cannabinoids found within the cannabis plant in this particular one. There is a little bit of controversy over it um, in the news as of late. However... Ah man, you just got you just gotta be careful with with some of those things that that come out in the media that that aren't really informed. Um, what has actually been shown is that CBD does aid in gut health. It aids in uh, inflammation control. It aids in uh, brain health. 
just a ton of different benefits and it's it's definitely not a snake oil the, the thing about it it's an adaptogen and because of that it has helped a lot of people reach uh like a homeostatic state and that may mean something different for everybody it may for some people it may be mood regulation and for other people just the fact that you get your gut health under control maybe it helps with that and, and it helps maybe get your inflammation under control that may also uh, manifest in fixing maybe skin issues or maybe fixing you know pain in certain areas man it's it's just one of those things definitely do your research you want to be informed on everything that you're taking and that's why i do choose jumbo superfoods you know they've been deemed the world's healthiest edible and uh you know i know these guys are doing everything right so go check them out go to jumbocbd.com use the code outside when you check out you'll save 20 percent off of the entire order so that's what they're doing for all of our listeners they're giving you guys 20 percent off and then also hey man they're always doing buy two get one free so throw two in your cart you'll get that third one for free and uh you'll save 20 percent off that whole thing when you use the code outside we are also brought to you by St. Louis Deck and Fence. Go to stldeckandfence.com. Check them out. Hey, look, if you're in the market for a deck or a fence, call these guys up. Look, they do high-quality work. In fact, you've heard me talk about it before. I have been remodeling my house, and the yard is next. So we're definitely about to put a deck in or not a deck in, but we're definitely about to put a privacy fence in, and these guys are going to be doing the job for us. So if you're in the area, you're local, go check them out, stldeckandfence.com. All right, my guest today, I am sitting down with Lucas Clay. Lucas is a professional mixed martial artist, and he has been one of my training partners for quite some time man this guy is a savage he's he's super humble but just a crafty fighter just been a fighter his whole life has been he doesn't really talk about it a lot in the podcast and it's his story to tell so i won't say too much but you know this guy has you know been on his own for a very long time and just grew up very fast and he's just a very strong-willed individual that works hard and just very humble so uh, really enjoyed talking to Lucas. Uh, he had just had a huge win for the second time in in a row. Not in, I don't know if in a row, but for the second time in an MMA, you know, professional MMA fight, he has pulled off a very rare choke uh, called the buggy choke. And uh, you know, he we're gonna call it the Claymore from now on. It's the Claymore choke, the, for, as far as I'm concerned. So he pulled off the Claymore choke, and we talk about that a little bit. So let's get into it, guys. I have Lucas. Clay, let's gain some perspective. We're doing the goddamn thing. Hey, man. All right. Yeah, bro. So, let me fix that. All right, what's up, dude? That much? Right on. So... Let's just start. I want to start with your your last fight, dude. 
because you finished with that buggy choke. Yeah. What do you want to know? Well, well, let's just fuck talk me through it, man. Talk me like what was going on in the fight, man. Because I didn't watch the fight. I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't watch the fight. Yeah. You were uh, third round, right? Yep. Were you winning the fight? No. Or exactly. So if I so if I if I'm guessing, it looked like the third round. That guy had probably been taking you down and like out wrestling you mm-hmm. most of the fight. Yep. If I'm guessing. Is yeah. that what happened? Yep. Okay. And I'll just go ahead and tell you as much as I remember. But, you know, the game plan was to go in there and strike with him. We had watched some of his fights, and he had a glass jaw, no doubt about it. And I hit hard. So we were like, we just need to touch him. Yeah. And, like, he wanted no part of it. He kept backing up, and I'm – trying to stalk him a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he just runs in with his head down. Oh, uh, yeah, just charges you? Yeah, and we kind of planned for it, but we planned for him to do it differently. We had a uh, flying knee waiting from him from both stances. That's what Jeff and I were working on. But, you know, it just didn't work the way that his head was, like, pressing towards me. If I would have jumped up, I would have gave him a double. You know, he just would have caught me midair. He was, like, charging at me like a rhino. And he was like Carlito Strong, man. When he oh, got really? his yes, and he was Damn. like, once he got his palms clasped, it was like, okay, just don't let him get my neck. You what, know? what weight class? One seventy. This is one seventy. Mm-hmm. He was that strong. Yep. Whoa. But he was like, I think he's I, some shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you I said felt, it. You Freudian slip. You said yeah. <laughs> I felt his back, and it was like acne on his back, and I hear that that's like a tail. It, yeah, really oftentimes know. people break out or, you know, they get real fat faces and yeah. different things. His back felt like sandpaper, so I don't know. Who maybe knows? He just, maybe he just had a straight diet. That's why I was – I was also think he didn't use lotion, but – yeah, uh, but uh, – But at the end of the day, you guys weren't getting drug tested, let's be real. Yeah, we weren't. And I don't care if he uses or not, but that's his business. But he, um, he just – you know, the takedowns, I was, like, giving it to him. It was, like – it was something there blocking me mentally from – you know, I was super comfortable and relaxed. Yeah. And I'm like, when I hit the ground, I'm at home. You know, it's right. just like, I'm so Even comfortable. Yeah, and it, I'm definitely losing on the scorecards because judges see him on top. But, you know, I'm, I was getting most of the strikes in. You know, I was slapping him, trying to bust his eardrums. I was doing the claps and trying to break his equilibrium. Yeah, and doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, it works all the time. I see the look in their eyes. Like, have you ever had someone do that to you? The yeah, little... bro, it's very like discombobulated. Yeah, I just disorient them really quick, and all I need is a split second, and I either shoot for a submission when I like get that confused look from them, and or I use it to get a stand up. I'm just trying to create a moment of like I break his rhythm. Yeah, and as soon as soon as I get that split second, I can be explosive and it's safer. Yeah, because it's hard for him to think about his next move. Yeah. So did you were you able to to make that moment happen with him twice? Okay. I I did the uh, ear clap and then I used the wizard to stand up, okay. and that was the only way I could get him. I had to uh, I had to overcome his strength because he was a stronger fighter. I was only one seventy five on fight night. He felt at least a solid one eighty seven. Yeah, he's big yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude. And it, it matters. It, it really does. I mean, that's a lot of weight. But on the same note, it probably slows him down a little bit. Yeah. You know, having to really suck yourself, mm-hmm. you know, down with you. Know, you're losing a lot of water weight. Who knows how much he had to had to cut? Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I mean, he came in one sixty nine, and I came in one sixty nine. So we were both uh, a pound under. Oh, so. okay. You're a true sixty five er. Yeah, true sixty five er. Like, I can't. Make 155 unless I'm really strict. 
Yeah. You know, like my diet is so boring. The food is tasteless and I'm just having to drink a lot of water. The week before I make 155 is miserable for me. Is it? Yeah, but I fought at 165 that last fight in October. Yeah. I felt amazing. I felt strong, fast, and, you know, it's some, something about cutting weight. It forces you to do a lot of cardio, you know? Yeah, that's usually, like, the easiest way mm-hmm. to, you know, keep the weight down. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I've realized, though, is that the best way – to lose a lot of fat and keep that weight down is it's really not even necessarily the running in the morning like just go for a morning fasted walk so you know you haven't eaten anything drink some water before you go but go walk for like an hour and get a you know two three miles in walking at a mm-hmm. good pace that will help you lose and maintain so much fat loss and it's it's really great i mean because it's low intensity and you're doing it fasted, so, I mean, you're just in a steady state of fat burn when you're doing that. Yeah. It, when I get running, though, it it kind of, like, hypnotizes me because yeah. I check out mentally, and next thing I know, 15 minutes has passed. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you just kind of find that, that flow state there. Yeah. Yeah, even, like, a slow jog. I mean, especially whenever you have, like, really good cardio, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just it's, it's just kind of like that slow pace. How fast do you run? Uh, my get a mile done in seven minutes. Okay, so, so you're keeping a good pace. Yeah, I have no idea. I just know that I started keeping time and uh, counting my laps, and that's pretty much the average, about seven minutes or seven minutes, ten seconds. Oh, that's legit, bro. You're putting in work. Seven yeah. miles, just but, how many miles do you like to run? Uh, I try to get at least four. Yeah, usually four is like my kind of four to five is mm-hmm. kind of like my minimum. Because three doesn't feel like I've done enough, but five feels like I've done too much. So I kind of settled at four. Yeah, feels yeah. good for you. Yeah. Huh. So you're in the fight, and, you know, the guy's taking you down. Uh, so he didn't I, – so I assume there's no real stand-up established nah. at all. Just Third kinda. round was about the most, and I landed a clean straight left. He backed up, and I – like I said, I pay attention to the eyes. Yeah. And he kind of looked dazed. And then we got into like a little, I don't even know what to call it, because only two punches were landed. They were both for me. And then I dipped and hit him with a spinning back fist. Oh, nice. Yeah, and like it echoed in my ear. That's how loud it hit him. And then like I saw him stumble and everything. His eyes got so big, and I'm like, it's time. (laughs) And then like he went straight into grappling, and that's when I went through a sequence. I dropped down for a... Darso or Anaconda, I don't remember. Anaconda, because I got the roll with it. Okay. And when I rolled him, I started slipping off. I just, he, his head and shoulders were so greasy, I felt it slipping away. Yeah. And he was like gurgling. It was choking him. Mm. But he was kind of like pushing me off, and he was slippery. Yeah. So as soon as I popped off, I just tried to uh, make sure I was like in a sprawl position. Yeah. And I tried to hop for a Peruvian, but again, he was greasy, and I slipped right off. And then I just was like, I'm going to play uh, the fish game for a minute. I just f- uh, lay flat and let him pass my guard. I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot for the buggy choke. And it was like that's where I was comfortable with because I know once I get my arm and my leg, like yeah, it's hard to explain, but, you know, uh, Joaquin Buckley, right? Yeah. So one day he picked me up while I had him in uh, the buggy choke. It was the first time I'd ever rolled with him. And I hit it on him, but his shoulders and head – like, they were too far apart. 
And so I couldn't get the figure four thing, but I can get my foot. So it looks something like that. And I grabbed the leg kind of like with the triangle. And I that's what, like, I know for a fact that once I get this hand in this, under this leg, like, this is just such a tight squeeze. Yeah. Like, it's hard to explain how, how it's, I don't know. It's not like a strength thing. It's like. It's this, like positioning and leverage. Yeah, leverage. That's where, the where did you learn that joke? Um, so, when I was a white belt, I would always use it as a sweep. I would just kind of get it here and then just kind of roll through and kind of hip over the way like you would do head and arm. So I did a head and arm with my arm and my leg. Oh. And I don't know why I was doing it. I think I started doing it simply because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, it just, just worked. Yeah, I was just trying to do what I saw in the video and butchered it. Yeah, well, know? that's good though, right? Because you weren't hindered by, you know, like this rigid thought process. You're just trying shit out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's yeah, why I was like. That's the beauty of you, like, just exploring. The thought was, I just got to try something. I'm just laying on my back. This guy has me in side control. And it always will happen against somebody I couldn't get off of me. And I'm like, I'm just going to do something. Yeah. You know, I had nothing to lose at that point. And one day, I uh, locked my legs in a triangle. And I couldn't get my own arm back. And I didn't mean to choke him, but then he tapped. I was like, shit, was that choking or was that a neck crank? He was like, it's a choke. And then I tried forever to, like, duplicate that. And then one day I did, and I started uh, building on it, and now I actually made it a move. But then here's how the world works. As soon as I perfected it and I'm getting in practice, I see a video of another guy doing it, and he called it the buggy choke. Yeah. Because before that, I was calling it the Claymore choke. Oh, the Claymore. Yeah, but mm-hmm. his got he gets the name because he, uh, he came out first. Yep. But mine is a little bit different than his. He didn't he he does it the way that I did it at first and just grabbed the foot. But that uh triangling the legs, that really does it because I and my hands are clasped and then I'm figure four on my uh legs. Yeah, you got figure four with your leg. Yeah. So, so like he doesn't that, do the figure four? I don't think so. I don't think the video I saw would. That's a different choke then, man. It's, yeah. Cl- it's Claymore. Yeah, I like it. It's official. I made up a new one today, too. Oh, did you? Yeah, well, it's like, it's kind of, CJ Hunter showed me um, this, like, backwards buggy choke when a guy's trying to double leg you on the wall. Hmm. Like, you know how guys really try to put that pressure in, they tuck their head to your side? Yeah. Their head and the arm are on the same side. So he showed me a way to bend down and make a triangle choke while the guy has me to double. Huh. And it's like, it looks something like that. And his head and arm have to fit in this space. But today I found a way to do it from half guard. Ooh, nice. Who'd you do it to? A white belt. It doesn't really. <laughs> <laughs> Those That's are my the, little. I mean, yeah, you just try to practice. White belts are white canvases, you know, just waiting to be painted. So, <laughs> just using for an exploring. Yeah, for real, dude. But they're dangerous, dude. You got to be careful with white belts. Especially a strong white belt. Especially a white belt who's wrestled. Yeah, they're just such spazzes, dude. They just, it's, you know, bless their little hearts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After, they just like, don't know. There's just a lot of cartwheels and nonsense going on. But, you know, going with a white belt really helps me with scrambles. Because the same way I did the uh, that the buggy choke, you know, I was just a white belt not knowing what to do. So I had... 
no idea of what was wrong. Right. And that's almost that's a part of the the issue rolling with them. Like they don't know what they're doing. They just do some of the most unpredictable things. Exactly. And yeah. that works sometimes. It, well, I can definitely see the benefit with MMA, right? Mm-hmm. Because every fight is so unpredictable. Yeah, exactly. And it's a great mindset to walk into a, to any sort of like unarmed combat like there's no wrong answer. Yeah. That's a great mindset because a, a fight can go any direction. That yeah. is true. There is no wrong answer. Like sometimes whenever you're you're hitting mitts or you're drilling something, you kind of fuck up and you do the wrong thing. Yeah. I mean, I've there's been times where I was working with somebody and they're like, no, man, just, just – it doesn't matter. Like just throw something. Yeah. Even if you got it wrong, you at least do something. Yeah. Yeah. I teach that little class on Saturday mornings and – that's when I learned so much. When someone uh, does a move that I just showed wrong, yeah. but it kind of looks better. And I'm like, wait a second. You know, that's not what I showed, but your version actually looks better. You know, I try to walk in there with an open mind. Yeah. And then now I'm building off of that. So I just evolve my own move based on the way someone else did it. You yeah. Know? I just, I'm constantly trying to progress. It's good to have that perspective, dude. I mean, you're definitely not leading with ego, which is good. Uh, yeah. I just want to perfect fighting, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the thing about that buggy choke, it the the top guy, you feel like you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's not typically anything wrong with kind of, you know, driving that head to the far side underneath that that arm like that. Yeah. But that's what you need, right? Because right. you need to trap that, that head there the, to the, get the choke. The more you do what you're supposed to, the better the circumstances are for my buggy choke. Right? Like you, So you need the person to actually to drive their head. Like if they're in side control, you need them to drive their head under your like into your armpit, right? Yeah. And, and uh, a big part is that like um, that cross face, you know, where you had the bicep across the face and the head scooped. Yeah. You know, that's the way so uh, – that makes it hard for the guy to shrimp away on bottom. So that's exactly what you're supposed to do. But that's I need that in order to get your head normal on the same side. Yeah. Like a triangle. Right. So like if if you weren't doing it the right way, you know, it ironically, that's the answer to staying away from that buggy choke. Is don't do it the right way. Yeah, do it the wrong way. Uh or just a different right way. Yeah. There's a lot of right ways. Yeah, I guess the fr- but I'm just I've mastered that position. Like, yeah, no, you've gotten you got me in that a few different times. Uh, I just want I want to be dangerous from bad positions. Like That's I can even skill. I can even submit people when they have me mounted. Yeah, it, it depends on who the people is, but <laughs> I can submit somebody if they have me mounted. Yeah, how um how short of notice was that fight? Not that short. Oh, uh, so you knew for a little bit about a month. I oh, think I took it a month out. Four weeks out? Yeah, yeah. Three and a half, four, something like that. Okay, that's legit. So you yeah. had a little bit of time, not too much time. I think like four, six weeks tops is usually pretty good. For yeah. A fight. I don't want to wait a long-ass time for a fight. And I wouldn't uh, – there was a few reasons why I took it. Um, one, it was perfectly placed between the holidays where I can enjoy, enjoy Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. not have to worry about my weight. Because I'm not fighting anywhere around Thanksgiving. I just, I'm not, (laughs) I can't do that. I tried. The discipline is like, it's torturous. But that and it was at 170. 
Yeah. And I saw my opponent. I'm like, okay, he looks big. He looks strong. But I think I have an answer for him. Yeah. You know, and I found out the answer that I had was not the answer. Like, so you had to find a new one. Yep, exactly. And Dude, I had to like. That's important. I had to adapt uh, immediately. I didn't have time to think about it. But it was like I knew exactly what to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just the key in anything, right? Like, you just have to fucking overcome and adapt, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And relaxation is a a big part of it. Dude, staying relaxed and just just working through the situation. Because if you start panicking, you know, like, your mind will make you, like, physically exhausted. If your mind starts freaking out, then you'll, like, you'll physically be so tired. I get a lot of praise for how relaxed I can be in a fight, but... I have a story. Uh, can I tell it really quick? Tell me. So my dad told me this when I was a kid. So he, My dad cooks breakfast every morning since I can remember. And as unhealthy as it is, he fries his eggs. He only fries his eggs. What like, kind of oil? Uh, think canola. And oh, now he, he thinks extra virgin olive oil makes it healthy. It does. Really? Absolutely. I didn't it's know not, Yeah, cooking them in extra virgin of olive oil with, as long as it's not, like, too hot. Um, yeah, he, right on. It's but, like he's deep frying the egg, though. I mean, he's just cooking it in oil, right? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, it'll be fine. Yeah. But it's, they are delicious, man. But he's done that, like, my like as far as I can remember. And one, one of my worst fears was getting popped in the eye with hot grease. You know, yeah, that's a legit fear of mine, even to this day. Yeah, and I'm like, man, you got to get a new eye, and I don't know whether what about <laughs> eyes, you know? <laughs> it's like, but he, when I saw him get um, popped an eye one day because he wore his glasses, and I was on the side of him, I guess I was asking, or I was bugging him somehow, just being a kid, and I watched in like slow motion, uh, a drop of grease pop up. Clear the lens of his glasses and drop right in his eye. Oh, damn. So I literally witnessed my worst fear. Like, and I'm just like, oh my God, the world's about to explode. I don't have a dad anymore. I have a blind dad, you know. And he didn't panic at all. He just took his glasses off, closed his eyes, took a few steps towards the sink, splashed some water in his face, grabbed a paper towel, patted his face down. Put his glass back on, went and flipped the egg in perfect time. The egg didn't burn. <laughs> but I'm like, man, I, I stared at him in awe for like five minutes. And I'm like, Dad, how'd you do it? He was like, one, you don't panic. Because when you panic, you can't think. If I was panicking, I wouldn't have knew to splash some cold water in my eye. You know, he just broke down how he did it. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a believer. I just seen it work. And. I just try to stay calm in stressful situations, take a few breaths, and then just try to move past it. Yeah. You know, somebody's got to be the hero. You got to be your own hero sometimes. You got to think of a way to overcome that adversity. And that one day, it changed my life forever. Oh, it, shit. How old were you then? I was like eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we all have those moments, right, where something happens and it it will forever like just set the like the course of how you look at the world. Absolutely. Yeah. My whole life just seems like I have uh, a scene that I scan my brain for, and I'm like, okay, I found an applicable one. Now, how did I overcome that situation? This situation is similar. Blah blah blah, and I overcome it like yeah. that. And most of it's from fighting. Fighting gives me like some sort of. Uh, mental advantage and I, I, that's how i feel at least because 
everything in life is a fight. You know, you find a problem and then you overcome it. And the way we do it, it just cuts out the bullshit, you know. It's just, you know, you only think about not getting hit or not getting choked, not getting passed. But everything is like that. And fighting has made me think. Yeah, uh, it really does. It's, well, especially jujitsu. It's just in uh, fighting in general. There's just so many variables to solve for, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's so physically fucking demanding. And it just it just sharpens the mind and it makes you mentally stronger. Yeah. Anything challenging and, and difficult will make you mentally stronger. Amen. You know what I mean? And then it's easy to apply to just average life whenever somebody's not trying to like punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not having someone. Try to break your face definitely makes things easier. Yeah, you've been fighting for a long time though, right? Yeah, sort of. I mean, I guess I've been training like a pro for almost 10 years. And I've been fighting the MMA since I was 18. And I'm 24 now. I just turned 24. So you started training when you were 14? Yep. Shit, dude. I saw never back down. And I'm like, the scene where he uh, fought those guys by the Hummer, that like, that was the moment I decided to be a uh, mixed martial artist. I started Googling it, and I'm like, they actually can make a little money. I didn't think that I can make, get rich off of it. Yeah. I just want to fight, that, make enough to say, hey, I was a pro fighter. Yeah, it made know. some money doing it. Yeah, something to show for it. Yeah, yeah. Man, so would you classify yourself as a fighter? You know, like some people would. Like me, I wouldn't necessarily call myself like a fighter. Like I didn't really like to fight. Like I, yeah. I like I like to win, and I'm I'm definitely more like an athlete or like a kind of a. There's just something very pure about the sport. I just loved the idea. Of just maybe just like flexing your ego, right? Like just fucking showing pure dominance, Amen. like being an yeah. alpha. Like I still there's that aspect that I like, but like. Like Anthony Johnson said, like I'm not a fighter. I, I'm just really good at it. Like I don't really see myself as like a fighter. Yeah. Would you count? Do you, do you I think, think I'm a fighter. Yeah. Because I think you are too. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I I love to fight. You know, right. some people don't. Some people show up and on. You know, there's nothing wrong with it because I can relate to them too. But when they show up on fight day. And they wish they were anywhere else. Yeah. You know, they're like, why do I do this? And I've asked myself that before. Like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing right now? Yeah, you're just like, you, you hope a tornado comes by, rips the roof off this place so we can say, hey, maybe another day, you know? I usually just hope it's, it ends quick. Yeah. I'm just like, let me go in here and just fucking end this real quick, not get hurt. I have a tendency to get cut. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> dude. Preach to the choir. Yeah, man. I've been cut probably three or four times. One time I got hit with a short shot. And my eyes were, like, fucking swelled shut. And it was just, like, the smallest little, like, a knuckle went in my eye. And then my whole fucking eye swelled shut. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, I hate those. But I this cut I did myself. I punched myself. You punched yourself? Yeah. <laughs> you did that in so, the fight? Yeah, I went for, like, an uppercut and slipped off of his glove and hit myself in the eye. That's funny. And at the time, I didn't think it was a big deal. But then I was like, oh, shit, they actually cut me. Because I didn't get hit at all. And, uh, Except for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I saw uh, something on Facebook where this boxer was uppercutting himself. I saw that too. Dude, that's exactly what I did. You just did that uppercut and hit himself in the forehead? Yeah. I think I've done that before. Like maybe like hitting a heavy bag or something. You yeah. just like throw an uppercut and yeah. there's nothing to hit. You're going to hit your fucking <laughs> self in the face. Then you try to bring your hand back to your face immediately. Then you bring it to your face, all right? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's funny. Yeah, you're definitely just a grimy ass. So you started training when you're 14 years old. How old were you when you came to St. Charles MMA? 16? Because um, I was with Rodrigo at first. And, so you uh, started with Rodrigo? I actually started at Finney's and uh, did like a month there, okay. a month and a half. And uh, other than the fact that it was super expensive, I just I didn't think that I was learning much. That's the best way I could put it. And, yeah. Um, I just decided Hadrigo's, which was in Fenton at the time, and uh, Finney's was in Crestwood. So where are you living? I was I was living in Hanley Hills, like off of Page and Hanley. So oh damn. Yeah, it was a far drive. Yeah, that's super far. I'm but, surprised you didn't find Mike first. Yeah, me too. But I um, I don't, Finney's was the first thing to pop pop up when I googled mixed oh, martial arts. Oh, for sure. It was yeah, <laughs> it was the most popular school. Yeah, he he he's on his business shit for sure. Yeah. And I um, one of my classmates told me that he did kickboxing there. Yeah. And I'm like that was kind of what I wanted to learn right then. So I went there for a while. Uh. Like a month and a half, and well, it could, it may have been two months. I might have finished out that second month just because it was so expensive. Yeah, I didn't want to waste the money. Yeah, yeah, but you know, um, I was looking in the phone book with my dad one day, uh-huh. and we were looking for martial arts schools around just to go check out because I was looking for a new school, and he saw something about Gracie Jiu Jitsu, and then he was like. Oh, the Gracies. You know, he told me the whole story because up until then, I had never watched the early UFCs. And, you know, when I, you know, all I was looking at was Kimbo Slice backyard fights. Dude, those were amazing. Yeah. I used to love watching those. Me too. I was like, I this, thought- I would rather do this than, you know, getting in the UFC. But uh, I even started a fight club that had like. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, shit. You're school. fucking savage, bro. Yeah. We we had it um, in the bathroom doing lunch at uh i was at normandy at the time and we would we it was this bathroom right above the cafeteria that nobody ever used the whole building was the whole building was basically vacant hmm. so like we would have two guys watch the door and then we would videotape each other fighting then bare knuckle yeah bare knuckle for sure chest down we went we didn't want to walk around with black eyes and shit oh so. chest down yeah okay. we were chest down with submissions and everything and i would sub everybody easily mm. and shit bro they, they would get tired of getting subbed by me and say new rules well all stand up and then i would just get them with a liver shot because i've always studied the body i knew where the liver was i knew where the kidneys were and i'm like if i pop them in a solar plexus maybe i can get them to drop but a few inches over i know i'm gonna fold them in a liver shot yeah i will have guys limping all day for my uh liver shots dude liver shots hurt terribly bad yeah and it's like a delayed onset too yeah. that's the thing like you'll get hit in the liver and like you'll take a step back and you'll be like oh i'm good wait oh no yeah. i'm not no yeah. i'm not you just been dude it's excruciating it feels like you're getting stabbed like you got stabbed in the side dude, dude so you know I've, I've been training jackson henson right yeah dude yeah. i hit him I, I ripped his liver one day and he did not go down i could not believe it so either i suck at liver shots or he's just one tough motherfucker he's definitely one dude because i was like like, I'm like, all right, dude, be ready. Cause, yeah. And then I just, I just ate his body up, just whoa, whack, just. And I'm just like, I'm not like laying into him like super, but like I'm hitting him like hard enough that I know he's gonna feel it. Cause I mean, I'm probably 30, 40 pounds bigger than him, now, yeah. so I don't want to hurt him, right? But at the end of the day, I'm trying to like 
put like the pressure on him yeah, because yeah. I don't feel like any of these amateur fights he's going to be having right now. I don't feel like any of those people are going to be able to put the same. Well, I know they're not going to put the same pressure on him that I ever will. Right. Yeah, not at all. So I'm just trying to get him used to that shit to make him better. But dude, I ripped his ass with a hard ass liver shot. Didn't go down. I couldn't believe it. I mean, have you ever heard the way Sammy coaches though? Like you ever hear how vocal he is, dude? He just just intensity, man. Intensity. Yeah, and you're like you expect nothing other than hell when you listen to him coach. It's like you just expect for the worst. You just anticipate the worst case scenario. Yeah. By the way he's yelling, and I'm like, shit, what's about to happen in here? Because it's always from the next room. I hear him coaching. I'm like, dude, go go go. Yeah, yeah. and that's I think that that may be the way. One of the reasons why Jackson and all of the other people that Sammy's coached think the way they do because they're all tough. Like, and Jackson is super tough. And it's go, go, go. Yeah, he's so mentally tough. That kid, it's like, he's like, it's like a matter of when, not if. He'll definitely make it to like a big, big show. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Just tough ass son of a bitch. Yeah, I was uh, going crazy when I watched his fights. Uh, Shamrock. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I root for people like him because he's super nice too. Yeah, he works hard. I've been working with him since January. We were worried, I was worried that he was going to uh, get heel hooked in that last fight. Yeah. This fucking dude had him almost in a, like a, kind of like a 50-50. He, he was, he could have heel hooked him if he knew what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, he would have, he probably would have tore every ligament Jackson's knee before he tapped though. Probably. Jackson's tough as hell, dude. You'd have to throw a towel in. Yeah. So you you were you're starting fight clubs at how old? Shit, I was I was a freshman at the time. Freshman at the time. Yeah. Now we were talking one time, now you you've been fighting for a minute though, right? Like yeah. you used to fight when you were young. How yeah. what, how old were you when you had a, your very first street fight? Uh, my very first street fight, I'd say five. Five years old. Yeah. This fucker was talking shit. I had to show him what was up. He um I had this Tonka truck. And uh, he um he was playing with it, and I didn't care about that truck. But I told him, hey, you can't play with that. It's safe for you. And uh, he shoved me, and it was the first punch I ever threw. I'll never forget it because I hit him, and my brother was in the background. He saw it, and he was just like, nah, and he was so satisfied. And How's your brother? Ten years older than me. He was born in September. I was born so in he was, November. So he was so. like 15 at that yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. And he... Uh, I forgot what he gave me. No, no, no. I remember what he gave me. There was this, um, my mom worked at Big Lots at the time, and she would bring us home toys. And they had these Mortal Kombat action figures that were huge. Yeah. And I had Liu Kang, or I think my brother had Liu Kang, and I had Sub-Zero. And, but I wanted Liu Kang because that was my favorite. That was your jam, huh? Yeah. And he gave it to me after that. And I had been begging him for it for a long time. And, yeah, he just said, here is yours now. And I, I, that was the day I related kicking ass to reward. You know? Yeah, there's positive reinforcement right there. You just yeah. got a reward for for yeah. hitting somebody. And, like, all the street fights, he would – this probably isn't a good thing, but he would be cheering me on, like, in the street fights. And, you know, and if I lost, you know, there was hell to pay. But yeah. if I won, there was always – a reward, reward. Yeah, yeah, dude. So you're just like a fighter through and through, bro. Yeah, I know nothing else, and it's like it breaks my heart sometimes because that 
is who I am. Like, nobody's ever taught me how to fight. I've been taught how to do just about everything I know, you know, in strong detail from walking, talking, you know. My family's big on giving instructions and drilling into you to do certain things certain ways. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so rebellious and I do everything my own way because I'm I'm tired of people telling me how to do stuff. It's like I want to do it Lucas's way. I want to be unique. I want to be an artist. But, you know, fighting is just as instinctive to me as breathing. Yeah. You know, if you want to know how to harm someone with no weapon, I'm the guy to talk to. It's like I'm always searching for vulnerabilities in people's bodies and the way people think. Yeah. I can look at people's body types and think like, okay, he, I'm I'm choking him, but he has no neck. But, you know, I can attack his legs, you know. He's going to be slow. That's how I think. But what about for, like, the unforeseen shit, like, if they're trained and you don't know it? You can't tell that necessarily just by looking. Yeah. I know, then I'm thinking, like, he might have it, but I'm going to have it more because I have – I know that I, my spirit is different. Yeah. You know? It's like I yeah. I truly would rather die than give up in a fight. Yeah. You know, I'd it, just rather not fucking fight. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, but if I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. Yeah, you know, some situations are unavoidable, unfortunately. Yeah. I hope I don't ever come across one of those where I absolutely cannot avoid the fight, but I'm always ready. You mean on the street? Yeah. I never want to fight anybody on the street because I'm not down to hurt anybody. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because yeah. it'll weigh on me. I mean, I'll do it, but, you know. It'll yeah, well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I would hate to kill somebody, like, in a fight. Like, that would, I probably would never throw another punch again because you that's kill somebody. Yeah. Because it's not I think it would just depend on the situation. I, I Obviously, I mean, you never know how you're going to react to something that extreme, right? But I feel like if it were, like, them or you, those are your options. I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd lose any sleep over choosing me. Yeah. I, I, I probably would because it's like, I got too much of a heart, and it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. But if I watch someone bleed, based on what I even my opponent, you know, after I buggy choked him, yeah. just watching his demeanor change, it broke my heart that somebody had to lose. But to hell if it was gonna be me. Somebody's gotta feel that shit. Yeah, better than them than you. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things, man. It's just like it's just a part of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm like, I just hate it. I don't want to be the cause of someone's grief. Yeah. But as far as street fights are uh, concerned, I, I've i been in one street fight. Like, actually, I have to defend myself since I've learned martial arts. And it went bad for him. Oh, and yeah. Them. Them. Oh, yeah. Oh, them. Yeah. It, it, for sure, man. You, when you're trained, it's just too easy. Yeah, exactly. It's just too damn easy. Because you see things differently and you're not worried about things. Yeah. And, and you realize how quickly... Most people like you. Like, you realize quickly that most people just they don't know how to fight if their fucking life depended on it. Yeah, like they throw terrible punches. They don't even know how to throw a punch. Get them on the ground, <sighs> game over. And they think they're invincible. They're like, Ego I got man. hands. You about to find out that MMA shit don't work on the street. And I'm like, oh my god, what is this guy saying, dude? This yeah. is a scenario that I've rehearsed thousands of times. Like I'm way more prepared th- than you. That's like. <laughs> that's like trying to have a rap battle with somebody who does that professional battle rap shit. It really is, dude. I mean, I was 
I was thinking about this one time. I don't know if I was hurt or something. I was I was uh I was watching practice, and uh, dude, just on a regular basis, it's just people coming to this place and practicing fighting. All that's what the, that's what that's what we do. We just practice beating each other up, all whether it's sparring or it's wrestling or it's you know doing no gi grappling or you know gi jujitsu like. It's just how can we kill each other? That's, yeah. we, that's all we practice. That's all we practice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's sad. For you hours know, and hours and hours, just over and over and over. Week after week after week. Yeah, I know, man. It's a very weird skill set to kind of be an expert in, right? I mean, because that's what we are at this stage of the game, right? We've been doing this for so long. You're You're an expert at hurting people. Yeah. And it's like, it's not valuable anywhere else except for in a martial arts gym, in, yeah. like, a self-defense situation or in competition. You know, it's no, it's valuable nowhere else. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still good. There's, there's a lot of, I think, good benefits to it. I mean, just from a selfish standpoint of just, you know, you talk about, like, being calm in a crazy situation. Like, that's because you put yourself in all that chaos mm-hmm. all the time, right? So there's that's a huge benefit. Yeah. Um. Then there's you know it's good for your your health, but yeah I don't know it is an interesting skill to unless you're kind of I mean the the only other thing you can do with it outside of uh you know kind of protecting yourself or or competing would be like I mean you teach other people how to do it yeah but you know um other other than the actual skill you get. You know what's extremely valuable? The relationships you build. Oh, dude. Yeah. There's nothing like those. Because the, the job that I have is only because I know this guy from training with him, you know, and not, my career outside of being a martial artist is pretty secure now. Yeah. You know, I have a trade now that I'm, I'm very proud of. And, and, you know, I'm so grateful. But I sat down and thought about it. It's like, if it wasn't for jujitsu, I'd be doing something totally different. And I love what I do. Yeah. Jujitsu is that great equalizer, man. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody puts on a gi. And when you're there at the gym, like, nothing else. Like, we're all just doing the same shit. Yeah. And most of the time, I don't know what anybody even does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. And. Rolling with somebody, you get to know them a lot more. Yeah. You you yeah. know if they have character by the way that they do moves. You know, if you get that guy who digs his elbow into your thigh, like, oh, you one of those motherfuckers who do anything to win. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, and that's how, that's their personality. In life, yeah. they'll snake you just to succeed, you know? Maybe, yeah. I I usually just kind of look at it, where, where are they at in the journey? Yeah, true, because they do change. I've seen that happen. Yeah, because white belts are different than blue belts are different than purple belts are different than, you know, go up the ladder. But that's I think that's kind of one of the arguments for, um, like, time and belt until you get promoted to certain things because maybe you're a, you know, a high-level grappler. But, you know, it's absolutely, you know, you're an all-American wrestler, so for sure you're probably a purple belt, like, skill-wise. But if you don't necessarily have the time and belt, right, then right. you don't really have the same, like, understanding. Yeah. Yeah, so. And, like, the uh, color of your belt is, to me, not related to your skill, you know? It shouldn't be. You shouldn't think that, 
oh, I should be a purple belt just because, you know, you're dominating every blue belt in your gym. But, like, I competed as a purple belt for, like, a year and a half before getting my purple belt. Yeah, see, now I have a difference of opinion on that one for sure. I personally, man, I'm so conflicted about that, right? Because I feel as if if it's, I I think that if, skill has to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's just a piece of that that you just really want. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, to me, it was an attitude adjuster, that for sure, because I was thinking, like, you know, you couldn't help but think about going to those uh, promotions. You know, uh, coach lines us up. You see people getting striped. You see people getting belted. You're like, dude, I beat that guy all the time. Why am I not getting promoted? Yeah. You know, that taught me some patience because when I did get it, it was it was way more worth it. Yeah. I, I feel like – I feel like there is some merit to that as long as it's like within reason. I'm I'm personally not a fan of allowing people to compete outside their belt that they're not going to like I don't think really it's okay for if you know if it were my gym I don't think it would be okay for me to tell my student that I think you're good enough to go compete at this level but you're not good enough to wear that belt. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Because if you're good enough to go compete at that level then you obviously are good enough to wear that belt and I think you're kinda of shortchanging the student a little bit. That's yeah. just that's just my view on it. Yeah. So if if you're gonna if you're gonna allow somebody to compete up, then they need to also be that belt. Yeah. That's just my because especially, you know, you see you you see people who do that and they'll compete up and they'll win. Like you, you won, you did well, right? Competing yeah. at purple belt as a blue belt. So I think by everyone's account, that makes you a purple belt. Oh yeah, does it not? It does. So, I, I, I have some different opinions on that because I think eventually you start drifting into this area of sandbagging. Then yeah, true. But um, so by the way, if you were trying to sell something, you would have had it sold. But <laughs> you just changed the way I thought that quick, but. I, I don't know. Is that like reverse sandbagging? Because when I think of sandbagging, I think of somebody who is higher and he's competing low. I was lower and competing high. Yeah, no, you're you're competing higher, but it's like it's like why is your belt not your okay? When you go to worlds, I don't I don't think you could have competed up at worlds. I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not 100 percent positive on that. Yeah, I have no idea. Because now you're competing up, but you were were you competing up at like IBJJFs? No, like, just like Fuji's. Fuji's, and, exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't think if you were trying to go to Worlds or something, you would have been allowed to have done that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, sense. like in the strictest form of, like, the regulating body of jiu-jitsu, like, I don't think they follow that. Yeah. That makes sense, too. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's just that's just the way I look at it. Yeah. But, you know, and I had a conversation uh, with my coach one day, and I was just like, uh we were talking about something with a belt, and I, I referred to myself as a blue belt, and he said, you're not a blue belt. I'm like, uh, this belt that I'm wearing begs to differ. Yeah. He's like, you know you're not a blue belt. You just haven't got your purple belt yet. I was like, I don't know what the hell that means. Yeah, it's but, like it's like everybody knows what you are, but we just haven't given you the cloth yet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, I never saw myself as any belt, even now. Because when I go in Nogi, which is my passion, I'm no belt at all. You're just expert. Yeah. It's expert level. I'm okay with that because yeah. that, you know. Yeah. What is it? Just uh, beginner, intermediate, and expert, right? Yeah. Just those three that levels? Begin, 
beginner, intermediate, advanced, and expert, I think. Oh, is that what it is? Advanced yeah. and an expert? I'm certain there's an advanced in there, but it wouldn't be the first time I was wrong. But. Yeah, I don't know. I don't do enough Nogi to know. Yeah, I just try to go to the highest level. I hope, I'm hope i hoping to get a brown belt or a black belt. You know, I, I yeah. really want to show off my stuff because, you know, I know that I'm unique. My fighting style, be it jujitsu, MMA, kickboxing, I know that it's unique because it matches my personality, and I'm very awkward. You know? <laughs> and it's like my fighting style is awkward. It translates. Yeah, just a little funky. Yeah, and like, no, it you can't prepare for it because no. I want to show you something you've never seen before. So how are you going to defend something you've never seen before? Yeah. When are you going to try to fight next? Uh, ASAP. I'm trying to get as many as possible because, you know, the only way to be good at anything is to keep doing it. Uh Somebody told me that, and I'm just like, okay, I need to get the ball rolling. Yeah. But Do you have a manager? Yeah, I do. Who? John Meehan. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So with, uh, really what, what the fuck is, uh, what's their company called? He's with Paradigm. Paradigm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a big company. Yeah, dude. Don't they represent um, Stylebender? Yep. Yeah. And I think they... I don't know if they still represent Tony Ferguson. They might. I think they do. They represented Conor McGregor. Um, yeah. A lot of big names. Yeah. John's good people. I want to sit down and talk to him. Yeah. He's he's really articulate. He knows his stuff. He'd be a great person to talk to. Oh, yeah. It's not, it wouldn't be all over the place like talking to me. Oh, shit, dude. I, my mind's all over the place always. Yeah, shit, mine too. It's okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Like, I'll be right in the middle of a, a, a sentence, and then I'll stop, and then I'll go over here, and I'm like, wait, let me come back over here, and it's it's weird. Or like, I'm so glad you brought that up because <laughs> I I think I've done that four times just in this conversation. Oh, man, I do it all the time. We're like, all right, let me stop and then go back for a second, and then and then I'll come back, and it's just my mind is weird. Yeah. Do you ever worry about your brain? I worry all about the time. Dude, I worry about it all the time. I want to have a guy on here and talk about CTE and TBI. Like, that's some serious shit, man. Yeah. It's like some days I get headaches out of nowhere, and I'm like, is that due to fighting? Because they're not regular headaches. Yeah. Man. They're like those. Uh, I kn I've had a concussion, and I know what it feels like. And it's something like if you lay down flat with your head straight up, or at least with me, my head just started spinning. It's like oh, the room was spinning. Yeah. Oh, that's a concussion for sure. And it's like when I when I went to uh, the ER that time because it was a bad one. I was puking. I, the room wouldn't stop spinning, and I couldn't even look. In, I couldn't open my eyes in a lit room. Oh, I was really? in a dark room for like a week. Oh yeah, you had a terrible concussion. Yeah. So now when I feel that headache, I'm like, oh damn, do I have another concussion? Man. Ooh, yeah, dude, that's no bueno. It sucks, but yeah, I worry about my brain just far too. That's why I had to stop finally. I just worried about it too much. I'm like, is it really even worth it? It's definitely not. But I've tricked myself into believing it is. Yeah, well, you're still young, man. Just keep getting sleep. Sleep's yeah. important. Yeah, I've, plenty of rest. I've definitely tried to up my sleep because I function really, really highly with little sleep. You yeah. Know? But I'm also a caffeine junkie. That might have something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, that'll but affect your sleep as well. I'm just saying if you're trying to protect your brain yeah. the best you can, definitely get some sleep. And I've been I try to change my diet. I try to um do mental exercises as much as I do physical exercises. I 
try to read. I try to play uh, those like mind games. I try to do crosswords, anything to keep my brain active. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know how to exercise my brain, but I'm doing my best. Yeah, well, do all you just keep doing challenging shit, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Reading's always a good thing for sure. Yeah. I try to knock out ten pages a day. And I try to um, talk in the mirror and uh, say a bunch of fast sentences without stuttering. Oh, yeah. Try to keep my brain working faster than my mouth. I can dig it. But That's what's up. And, and this is all stuff I've seen off of Google. <laughs> I, I spend way too much time on Google. It's worth a shot, huh? Yeah. Dude, so now you've done, you've had two buggy chokes yeah. in a fight. Are you the, You're the only person that's ever done that, right? Yeah. Right. I, I got the second buggy choke in MMA history. <laughs> And I'm the first person to pull it off more than once. Damn. Who did it before you? I have no idea. Oh. It was, uh, I saw it, though. I saw it right when I pulled off my first one. And, uh, yeah, that was one of the best nights of my life. Like, like we, the first one? Hard. The first yeah. one or the second one? The first one. Yeah. We, because, like. That was on LFA, right? Um, no, it was, um, what was it called? I, I can't remember, but... Oh, we got to get you doing this on a big show. Dude, you do this shit on like Bellator or something? Yeah. That'd be legit. <laughs> do it in UFC, that's a check. They're going to be training for it now. I know it. Nah, who gives a fuck? Yeah, but, you know, I I hit it at practice when people... On, on a person I've already hit it on 15 times. Yeah, you've you know? gotten on me a few times. Uh, <laughs> me up. But now, uh, yeah, it's hard to stop. It because is. I found the answer. I'm not going to give it away here, but... That's okay. Don't do that. Somebody come across this video and hit go. But uh, um, the defense, it took me a long time to find it. But, yeah, it's just like like I said, that grip is so tight. It's yeah. like a vice, you know? Yeah. What show were you on the first time you did it? Oh, I know that it was a horseshoe casino, but that's about all I can remember. Was it Victory? That. No, it wasn't Victory. It was, I think it was on Fight Pass. And um, hmm. it was in Louisiana. It was in Shreveport. Portland. Oh, it was in Louisiana. I don't know what yeah. promotions are down there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to pop in my head when I'm driving yeah. home. It was a good oh, night, though. Yeah. You had your nice little dance after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please don't remind me. Oh, uh, that was funny. Uh, Just in the moment, dude. Yeah, I can't dance at all. I can't, I don't know what came over me because it didn't look that bad. I was like, I look a little coordinated. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up, dude. That dude, it was cool that Eddie Bravo shared it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't I'm trying to think about that because last time I thought about it, I didn't stop smiling for like 6 hours. That's like, good. Like seriously, no, I was thinking I might have to go to the ER or something because <laughs> my jaw started hurting and I'm like, "Damn it. I had to hold my face down to get the smile off." But he's one of my favorite jiu-jitsu practitioners of all time oh he's revolutionary right yeah he changed the game because he has that same mentality like you know why is this not a move because you say it's not a move and you know yeah every move was once not a move you know somebody thought a triangle was bizarre at some point now it's like a staple in jiu-jitsu yeah, dude. It all starts as if you can imagine it, then it can become real. Hey, Amen. That's the rule. That's if, so true. If you can think of it and it's not too outlandish, like you have to have wings or horns to pull it off, you know, you can pull it off. Yeah. It's, it's not rocket science. None of this is rocket science. And 
I like to invent, you know. Yeah. I don't want. I want to do things Lucas's way. Are you into conspiracy theories like Bravo is? Dude, <laughs> don't get me started. Well, I'm getting you started. <laughs> yeah, I am always thinking that there's something going on behind the scenes. I yeah. think that this is like. Do you I believe think, in Illuminati? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Everybody, but I don't think it's what the it's the way that people think it is. Like the Rothschilds. Oh, absolutely. That's I don't believe in coincidences. Let me put it that way. And they've been rich for way too long, bro. You know the Federal Reserve is a private entity. It's not even ran by the by the Feds. Now you just gave me something to Google. You know that you no, know the I, Federal Reserve is a private. Like corporation? No, I'm really novice on my conspiracy theories. But. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just facts. It's oh, like shit. the, the yeah. Federal Reserve, which issues like all the money for the United States and all that shit, right? Yeah. The Federal Bank, like that is, it's called Federal, but it's not ran by the Fed. It's private, privately owned. So somebody has that fucking, someone's controlling the money. Yeah, but who? I don't know. They want to keep it a secret too. I don't fucking know, man. I'm just trying to get my piece of it. Yeah, bro. Me too. I just, I'm just trying to get as much of that. Print as much money as you want. Just give me some. Yeah. I'm trying to get my fucking the numbers of my bank accounts go up. Yeah. But damn. Yeah. What other? My, what my mind's racing right now. What's your favorite like, conspiracy theory? Uh, let me think. I mean, I really believe that. The world as we know it is a simulation of some sort. You think we're in like a like a oh fuck. You think this is a simulation? Yeah, and not program. like the Matrix or anything, but I think it's a meaningful simulation. I think that it. Oh my god, I sound crazy. No, you know? dude, we're all fucking crazy. Are you kidding me, dude? Yeah. This is why. This is why. I, look, I'm always sitting here talking about crazy shit, bro. Rick can yeah. tell you. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I'm talking to another fighter and. Nothing's crazier than signing up to get punched in the face for a little bit of money. No, so. dude. Yeah, but dude, some of those conspiracy theories are just uh, what, like, you know, did we go to the moon? Did we? Did, I, I, some, Bullshit. When I, when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe they did. I, I do believe that some shit was probably done on a backlot studio somewhere and just filmed and put out there to make people like feel better. Like, so we say we won. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that probably did happen. I believe that. Now I don't know if that discredits the fact that we did or did not go to the moon. Maybe they did that and we still went to the moon. Yeah. Right. But but we just needed that footage to be like, look, motherfuckers, we won. Yeah. And so they did that shit. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it's all crack shit and we didn't go and we have no way to. Ever, who who? I can't prove it. Yeah. Exactly. I, who the fuck? Who who can who can prove it? This, I'm saying like, if we did it once, we should be able to do it again. We haven't done it in a long time. That's what I'm saying. It's like, why don't they send somebody up there and go live and say, "Hey, I'm up here. Look, and flash a few lights so we can all look up there with a telescope." And well, see. I think it's interesting that our cell phone has more computing power than the all like all those computers they had back then. Yeah. And we did it. They did it then. Yeah. With true. that with that whack ass computer. I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Ah, oh, man. My favorite one is probably it probably makes people unhappy, but um, I love the nine eleven ones. Yeah, that's probably my favorite conspiracy. Yeah, me too. I like those, but you know, those are kind. Of, it's kind of sad for me to listen to the Dude, stories. It's terrible that. shit, man. Yeah. That was horrific. That hits me. Yeah. Right well, the, the thing is, like that word "conspiracy" is like a dirty word, right? When you start yeah. saying conspiracy, it just means like it's like this negative thing, but. Yeah. 
it's a real thing. People get together, conspire to do shit. It's true. That's, they, they catch people on conspiracy charges all the time whenever they yeah. can't prove they're doing anything. They want to get like a, a drug kingpin in prison. They're going to catch them up on like taxes or conspiracy or some shit. Yeah. Like, I, look, we can't prove shit, but we know you're doing it, so conspiracy. So when you think of the word conspiracy, like what are you thinking of it as? I mean, oftentimes, like, my mind, whenever I hear conspiracy, like, it's usually thinking of, like, some people trying to do some, some shady shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, the almost, to the grander scale, it's always, like, who's who's pulling the strings behind the scenes exactly. making some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who's, who's sitting in the dark room? Yeah. And it's like, when I hear of conspiracies, I think of something that, um, I'm going to try to... Let me see how I want to articulate this. Something we have reason to believe uh, could be manipulated or, you know, something worth challenging. Like it could be true. Yeah. It, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm not saying that it's a lie or, you know, or anything. I'm just saying, hey, there's some shit you left out that needs to be proven. You know, otherwise. Yeah. Well, everything you're saying is just not adding up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But and then, you know. Because if if I go A B, I'm hoping to get the C. But if I go A B, damn it, I'm already at T. Hey, explain it. You know. Yeah. Listen, I feel like anything's possible. It's just like, you know, is it is it probable? Is, is yeah. the question. How probable is it? It's possible. I feel like anything's fucking possible. <laughs> so how probable is it that yeah. there was this? There were so many cameras at the Pentagon, but none. You know, I want to see the damn plane going in there. And apparently it was only the size of like a, a VW Volkswagen or something. It wasn't that big of a hold. Oh, that's what we're going with? What? That's what they were going That's the answer? I never heard that one. Yeah, from my understanding, you know, a plane, you're talking about the plane that hit the Pentagon? Yeah, wait a minute. Are you saying that the plane was the size of a... No, that's what I'm saying. The hole that was left in the Pentagon oh. was like super small. Yeah, I'm thinking you're saying their excuse was... No. Like, Oh. No, I'm just saying like that. That's also something that doesn't add. Up. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Shit doesn't add up to me. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> yeah. shit. And don't get me started on this Epstein thing. You know? Oh yeah. Here's the fucked up part about that though. We all know. Everybody knows. Yeah. What's gonna happen though? Nothing. Isn't that a shame? That's the slap in the face. That's the shame, man. That's the fucking shame. So many people are aware of something, yet nothing can be done, essentially. Yeah. You hope something gets done. Because I don't have the answers. You know, I know that. I don't either. I was just about to ask them, like, do you have any idea what they should do? I don't know. You know? Ah, dude, I don't fucking know. I'm just I'm just trying to have some fun conversations. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Oh, shit. Well, right on, Lucas, dude. This has been fun, dude. It's, uh, we're at an hour, homie. Really? Shit, Holy it. shit. That's it, dude. There's like a time capsule. I know, man. It just flies the fuck by. This has been fun, dude. Um, tell the folks how they can check you out because you need to grow the social so that way you can get to the bigger shows. It's like a prerequisite, bro. The problem with that is I'm very antisocial. Yeah, well, we just got to get you more social on the antisocial shit of social media. Yeah. That's the that's the beauty of social media. You can be totally antisocial and still do social media. I'm Whenever I get money, I'm definitely hiring somebody to handle that. Listen, I'll hire. Look, you can hire me. I'll do it for you. Don't worry. But hey, you until got the then. job. <laughs> All right, homie. Where, where can people check you out, dude? What's your What's your handle? Uh, Cassius Clay underscore MMA, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. And Lucas Clay 
It's hard to miss me on Facebook. That's why I'm most active on Facebook. I'll put I'll put some uh, show notes in there. And then, do you have any sponsors or anything you want to shout yes, out, dude? Yes, Abco Plumbing. Love them. Best sponsor. And, yeah, it's St. Charles MMA. That's my biggest sponsor. But, yeah, Team Rahi. <laughs> This this is what I'm talking about. I'm awkward and listen, dude. I don't know what to do with my hands, so it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, homie. Look, dude. This has been fun. Yeah. Right, yes. Guys. Bring it in. Right on. All right, everybody. Till next time. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Lucas is a great guy, man. I love talking to him. He's just very philosophical in the way he. Uh, I, I just like kind of picking his brain. Uh, on how he looks at things so that was a fun conversation look guys hey if you are getting value out of the podcast again just do me a favor tell a friend leave a rating leave a review um big thank you to convergence media group these guys are amazing we have improved the video experience so much since partnering with them go over to youtube go to youtube.com slash outside perspective and uh, check out our our video experience and, uh, you know, subscribe over there. Also, if you want to stay in the know, get on the mailing list. Go to OutsidePerspectivePodcast.com. Get on our mailing list. We'll keep you up to date on when episodes drop, when blogs drop, and uh, you'll, you'll stay in the know on everything going on with the podcast. We won't spam you, sell your shit, any of that. It's all safe and secure. But to my original point, if you would like to work with Convergence Media Group, go to convergencemg.com. They work with companies across all industries, and what they do is they help you thrive in a digital world. They will help you with content creation and strategy and just help you build your brand. So go to convergencemg.com or go to ConvergenceMG across any social platform and see what they have to offer i promise you you guys will love them tell them we sent you and uh they'll take care of you for sure as always go to imposedwill.com check us out we're a lifestyle mindset brand we just want to help you guys impose your will on life and we have a full line of apparel that you can check out as well you'll save 10 percent when you use the code outside um, imposedwill.com and hey guys listen that's all i have for you today love you. I will see you next time. Bye. Mwah.